It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. You know, we all find ourselves sometimes so busy that we can't even do some of the most basic things and needs in life that we need to get done. No time to wash the car or vacuum it out. Ever been there? Man, no time to um, cut the grass or fix that leaky faucet or uh, take care of that squeaky hinge. We're just so busy that we don't have time to do some of the most basic things. Uh, oftentimes, our busyness will spill over into our spiritual life. Don't have time to read my Bible. Don't have time to pray. Don't have time to go to church this weekend. It's just the demands of life just seem to be pressing in on us. Well, we learned here today in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus had an entirely different approach to busyness. We are told in uh, Luke chapter 15 and verse 16 that when the demands of life became so busy on Jesus, what did he do? The Bible says he withdrew himself and he took time to pray. It says here in Luke 15, uh, in verse 13, he put forth his hand and touched him. He ran into a leper saying, be clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing, according as Moses commanded, a testimony to them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. So he heals this guy with leprosy, and he tells him, hey, do not go and tell anyone about this. Just go and offer an offering to the priest, which was what was commanded under the Old Testament law, so that they could verify that he was cleansed from leprosy, and he could enter back into community life, communal life. And you say, well, why was Jesus commanding him to do Old Testament things in the New Testament? Well, remember, until Jesus died on the cross, the Old Testament was still in effect. You see, the Old Testament could not go away, we're told in Hebrews, until the death of the testator. So the New Testament is the New Testament in his blood, and the New Covenant actually did not begin until after the blood of Christ was offered. And so during the Gospels, Jesus is still operating really under an Old Testament dispensation of how to deal with things. So he tells the guy, don't go and tell anyone, and what did he do? Uh, according to Mark chapter 1, he went and told everyone. One writer said this, he said, isn't it funny that the one that Jesus commanded to tell no one told everyone, and the ones that he commands to tell everyone tell no one? Man, that one kind of smote me, right? Jesus tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, yet we struggle so much to do that. Yet this leper here who is so filled with joy with this healing, even though Jesus told him to tell no one, goes out and he tells everyone. And what is the result of this? Jesus becomes busier than ever. And the Bible says he withdrew and prayed. There's a quote from the great reformer Martin Luther where he says, I have so much to do today that I need to spend the first three hours in prayer if I'm possibly going to get it all done. Man, 
He saw prayer as something that was going to equip him to be more effective, to be more efficient. We see prayer sometimes as something that's going to get in the way of our busy schedule. So in this chapter, we see Jesus, he's on the Sea of Galilee, and it, it says here the Lake Gennesaret, little Bible study here, uh, the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret, the Sea of Chinneroth are three names for the same body of water in northern Israel. So when it says he was on the Lake Gennesaret, he was on um, the Sea of Galilee. And in this chapter, we see him borrowing Peter's boat to use as a pulpit to preach to all the crowds on the banks. We see him healing the leper. We see this fame of Jesus growing. It's just a really, really busy chapter of activity for Jesus Christ. And this guy tells everyone, and it says, so much more people came to him. Great multitudes came to him to hear him, to be healed by him. Literally everyone wanted a piece of Jesus. So what did he do? Well, the Bible says he withdrew himself to pray. He withdrew himself to pray. You see, the demands of life drove Jesus to prayer, not from it. Even the son here needed the father. You say, well, Jesus is God the son. How could he need the father? Well, in Philippians chapter two, it says that part of God the son's experience of coming to this earth, the Bible says he made himself of no reputation and he took upon him the form of a servant. Literally, that is called in the Greek, the kenosis. It's the emptying. It's that Jesus never ceased to be God but Jesus willingly limited some of his divine rights and attributes um, in coming to this earth to um, pay the price of sin for us. So even Jesus, the God, the Son, in his earthly wandering, what did he need? He needed the Father. He needed that relationship. He needed the strength. He needed the power. The one who had everything needed the relationship with his Father. So, if even God the Son needed to break away and recharge with the Father, how much more do you think we need to? You say, well, I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too busy to go to church this week. Well, I would say you're too busy not to pray. You're too busy not to read your Bible. You're too busy not to go and worship collectively this week. You see, when we give God the first, he blesses the rest. So what is your habit of renewing? What's your habit of refreshing? Well, Pastor Mike, I, 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 I don't have time. I barely have time for mornings in the Word twice a week. No, man, you're getting it backwards. You don't, you have, you're too busy not to take time. You know, there's an illustration that is used a lot of time in uh, time management books or lectures, and it's called the big rocks. And it's someone will take a large jar and put it up on a counter. And on that counter, they have um, some rocks, some really big rocks. They have some gravel, a little pail of gravel. They have a pail of sand. And what they do is they show by the illustration, if you put the sand in first and then the gravel, that you can never fit all of the big rocks in. You just can't do it. But they take that same quantity and volume of material and they put the big rocks in first. And then they pour in the gravel and it starts filling in between those rocks. And then they take the sand, and the fineness of that sand goes down, and it fills in. 
And, and what they are teaching is when you put the big rocks in first, there's always room for the rest. So the idea is when you're doing time management and scheduling your day or your week, you always schedule the big rocks first. You know, that's really a biblical principle. Um, there's a principle throughout the Bible of first fruits. Uh, in the Old Testament, they would give God the first fruits. You know, when Israel went into the land and they came into the first city they went to battle with was Jericho. And God told them when they came into Jericho not to take any of the treasures of Jericho, uh, that that belonged to God. And they did anyway, and it messed them all up. And I think the principle even there was they were coming into the new land, and God was saying, the first fruits belong to me, not to you. It's an accursed thing if you take it. Um, man, when when their flock, if their sheep would have babies, the first one belonged to God. And the firstborn child would belong to the Lord. Um, the first fruits belong to God. You know, even the tithe, the tithe, someone says, well, what is a tithe? And others would say, well, it's 10% of your income. No, my father-in-law would always remind us, it's not 10% of your income. It's the first 10% of your income. The Bible says, bless the Lord with the first fruits of all of your increase. You notice in the New Testament under grace, what day of the week is set aside to worship the Lord? It's the first day of the week. It's Sunday. Sunday's not the last day of the week. It's the first day of the week. So what's the principle? You give God the first and he will bless the rest. Jesus said early in the morning, I will seek you. And that is what he does here. See, the demands of life don't push Jesus away from prayer. It pushes him to prayer. So here's my advice. Begin every day in prayer and every week in community worship. Give God the first fruits and you'll see that he will bless the rest. Take a step of faith beginning today. No matter how busy you are, no matter how much you have to get done, give God the first fruits. Give him the first fruits of your day. Give him the first day of your week. And I promise you, there'll be time and more for everything. But if you choose to live in doubt and rather than faith, you say, I don't have time to give God the first fruits. I'll catch up with him later on. You know what? You never will. Well, I'm just too busy this week. I have too much going on. I don't have time to show up to church in collective worship. I promise you, you give God the first fruits and God will bless the rest. So the word for today is this. Stop today and every day to get away with the Father. Cast your schedule upon him and watch your time multiply. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.